I want me some glory hope. to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole. Thank you for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Sebas, here we go. Go well this weekend. We finally have some cooler weather rolling in, uh, and actually, there's going to. Can be you some... hear it, boys and girls? Yeah, there's going to be some storms in the background as we are recording. But uh, we plan on meeting this cold weather with some hot picks because we believe in balance, Vosifus. Here at FGH, <laughs> kind of like when you're, you know, if you're running short on sleep, you, you know, you balance it out by catching up on Saturday morning. When you drink too much on Saturday night, you balance it out, you know, by drying out for a couple days. And when you accidentally get drunk and a super fat chick rapes you, allegedly, uh, well, actually, you you ain't balancing that shit out uh, because her fat ass is going to be imprinted in your brain forever. So welcome to years and years of therapy. (laughs) Now, whether you are here for the funny. (laughs) Oh, hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a McKinney Oktoberfest by Tubbs Brewery in McKinney, Texas. Uh, I gave this one and a quarter star out of five. Gross. This is a fucking terrible margin. Look. City of McKinney, I went Uh-oh. to your Oktoberfest, and it was a go. good time, but you cannot have a terrible margin from your flagship hometown brewery. Do fucking better. But anyway, it is October, so all month long we will be celebrating German traditions. 
And their ties to America, starting with our favorite place on Earth, Longhorn, Las Vegas. Obviously has the ties to Germany. First of all, Vegas was founded by the Germans in 1918. A couple of other nope. fun facts about Vegas. Uh, the famous strip, not actually located within the city of Vegas. It's only in Clark County. And more than 41 million people a year visit Vegas. And on a personal note... Longhorn has set the all-time record for most prostitutes visited in a single night with 15. Oh. Now, al- ladies and gentlemen. Allegedly? Allegedly, but yeah, but really, you. though. But thank first you. of all, this was some years ago. Secondly, uh, it does give you a window into the sexual beast that Longhorn used to be. I mean, this dude used to feast on the ladies of the oh, night yeah. like Joey yeah. Chestnut and a ballpark Frank factory, baby. And quite frankly, buddy... I think you deserve your due recognition from the good people of Vegas and maybe from the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, thank you for knowing all that. I appreciate it. I used to be a legend. Um, it's just, I retired because, you know, that one bad night that that fat bitch raped me. She, she broke my dick. <laughs> she fucking broke it, and I'm retired. I, I can't do it anymore. So, uh, memories. All right, boys and girls, we're going to do the podcast. We're going to go over every, and I do mean every, game in the NFL in the air tonight. And, of course, of course, we're going to get you paid with those free picks, as we always do. But right now, we're going to get paid, and to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Divorce is Done Right. We all know how divorce works in this country. The woman gets everything that she wants, and the dude gets taken to the fucking cleaners. It happens every goddamn time, and we, as a society, have just grown to accept it like it's fucking scripture. What the fuck are we doing, fellas? It's time for us to wake the fuck up and beat these bitches! So if you got some gold-digging whore trying to suck you dry and take your goddamn kids, even though she spends half her day drunk on wine and hopped up on fucking opioids, you need to call our friends at Divorce Is Done Right. The attorneys at Divorce Is Done Right have all themselves been victims of their own whore-ass ex-wives, and they've bonded together to make sure that not one other man in this country gets dicked around by this fucking shitty legal system that's been set up to do nothing but support those goddamn succubuses. Divorce Is Done Right! Finally! Holy shit, Longhorn, that Divorce Is Done Right. Uh, I know that we have both Mm -hmm. used their services several times. Uh, You know, you really have to, especially when there's kids involved with the man always gets dicked around like the ad says. So you got to use them. And a little uh, word to advice to our friend Travis Kelsey. This uh, Taylor Swift thing is going hot and heavy. Uh, Buddy, if you end up marrying that ugly chick, Chances are she's gonna, you know, leave you at some point, as all her songs do uh, portray her doing. So you might want to keep uh, this number handy, and uh, of course, use code word Glory Hole, and you will get yourself a nice little discount there, Travis. <laughs> yeah, she's just, uh, you know, speaking of fat chicks breaking her dick, he ain't got to worry about that with her. She's more on the, she's on the other end of the spectrum. I hope that he is. Um, <laughs> I hope he's dick feeding her real good and, and giving her all, all you know all the protein she needs to to plump up a little bit because she is fucking <laughs> disgusting. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? 
Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Oh, boys and girls, those bells mean the one thing, and that thing is it is time to go over the games. Week 5, NFL, baby. And we're going to start Longhorn up there in Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. No, actually, it's in London. It's fucking London. You sound like you're from London. Good day, mates. Yeah, the Bills travel over to London to host (laughs) somehow the real home team in Jacksonville. I don't know how all that works. Yeah, maybe they maybe they have to arm wrestle for it. No idea, but the Bills are five and a half point consensus favorites in this game. Yeah, I don't know how these Australians get our football games played in their in their uh, country, <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Um, <clears throat> well, in this game, you know, situationally, I I want to take Jacksonville, and it feels like like the right spot with a letdown game for Buffalo and Jacksonville staying overseas, obviously last, last week. Uh, and, and, you know, they've got obviously the home field advantage over there, but uh, Jacksonville's just not good against the pass in particular. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's the complete inverse of, of how I handicapped the Jacksonville Atlanta game last week. I love Jacksonville in that spot because um uh, uh, Jacksonville was good against the run, not so much against the pass, but Atlanta could not take advantage of that. Well, you got the opposite this week. Buffalo is just going to be able to have their way. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's not to not to go too much into what we said in the preseason, but you know, I just my doubts on Jacksonville were that how can you be a really good team with no pass rush and a bad offensive line? It's kind of played out that way. Uh, actually, what's their record right now? Are they two and two? Two and two. Okay, yeah. So you know they're they're kind of doing what we'd expect: a really good quarterback, decent, you know, good skill positions, some decent talent on the back ends of the defense, but with no pass rush, no offensive line, that's going to be a huge liability for them going forward, and certainly in this game. So I can only look to Buffalo if it gets to a six point six and a half. Obviously, tease them down if you don't feel comfortable taking laying the five and a half. Um, and just my last note on this is Buffalo is the number one pass blocking team in the NFL per PFF. Uh, that, and like I said, there's, I mean, outside of Josh Allen, the Jacksonville jo- Josh Allen, there's no pass rush for, for Jacksonville. So I, I expect, you know, Buffalo to almost be able to name their score here. So I, I got buff. Yeah, uh, you still have that trend in front of you on the international favorites that you gave out last week. That was a really strong trend. Oh fuck, it was, it was like tw- I mean twenty five and nine off memory, but no, I don't have it written down. Well, it got even better because last week Jacksonville was the international favorite, and right. uh, obviously they covered. Now, by our power rankings, this line is right on the number. It is a zero delta, which we're going to find a lot of this week. Uh, the numbers are all kind of coming together, which is what we generally experience around. Week five of the first quarter, got you know good data points now on pretty much every team. Good mixture of schedule. Nobody's had too easy of a schedule. Nobody's had too tough. Now some tougher than others, blah, 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 blah. But other, either way, it all kind of starts to wash out at this point. Now, 
I did some research to try to find any example of anybody playing two neutral site games in a row in the regular season. I did find one example. It was in 2020. It was when the 49ers, if I remember right. Uh, Mexico City? No, uh, they were playing in Arizona, and that's because everybody in San Francisco was being evacuated uh, because the homeless people were butt-raping everyone. They went outside. Mm. So they had to go to Arizona while the Republicans retire at to actually be able to play the games. Uh, for what it's worth, San Francisco was a three-point favorite in that second game. They lost straight up to the Skins by eight, but San Francisco stunk that year on their way to like a 6-10 and ten record, I believe. And the Skins were awesome that way that year. They were on their way to winning the NFC East with an incredible seven and nine record. So just really just a generational team there. So I'm not sure what, how we can really compare these two situations. What you know with that and all the ass raping and everything that was going on. Uh, if you can't rape, tell, I very don't, rapey podcast. Yeah, I don't have much on this. <laughs> it is a theme early on. Jesus a lot, Christ, a lot, of, a lot of rapings. We don't compare notes before, boys and girls, just no. to let you know. All natural rapings around here. All natural rapings. Um, now, I did take the Jags last week, and we sent the bills to the clients. So, to me, you know, it's kind of two play-on teams. I definitely would lean Jacksonville just because of the high Buffalo's coming off of. And not just that game, though. They've won three straight games by 20 or more points, Longhorn. I don't know if you realize that. They lost the opener. They've won every other game by more than 20 points. Well, there's also that trend I gave out last week that when Josh, or maybe it was two weeks ago, that when Josh Allen wins, his his average cover is like seven points, seven points something a game. Like when they win, yeah, he they covers. win big. Yeah. So I so that was something I could look up. So, but I did have to go all the way back to start of our database, which is 1989. So coming off that streak. 16, 17, and one ATS, but with a positive ATS margin of one and a half. So that's as close to 50 50 as you fucking get. And that was an average line of seven and a half, which is higher than this line. And if you want to bring it since 2012, fine. It's six and six with the same positive margin. Uh, but if you go inside of that from the 1989, the under on this game hits at 60% and an average total of 46. And since 2012, Longhorn. An under of a team coming off three straight 20-point victories is 100%. It goes under. And it goes under by 6.5 points with an average total of 45.5. This game is at 49. So I bet the under on this game, and uh, I'm glad to have that ticket in my pocket. That's really the only way I'm going to get at it. And just one one last note. Um, this, this has kind of been – Right at five and a half the entire week. Has it has not, not moved. Not yeah, moved. so, and I've got a theory on that, and it's that, you know, 82% of the tickets are coming in on Buffalo, 68% of the cash coming in on Buffalo. I think they're teaser protecting. I don't think they want to go to the six and then get just hammered with some more tie-in teasers and all that shit that goes with that. So I think they're, they're probably yeah. going to leave it where it's at and protect themselves, at least from the teaser, but they're going to be needing Jacksonville big in this What's week. the, you get the money on the under? Over under? It's actually most of the money is coming in on the over. Well, good. I like that. So I like yeah. I like being against the money on totals just because generally people don't follow that as closely. So, yep. Yep. All, right. all right, moving on. Oh, those hot Atlanta Falcons. Not so hot no more. They're hosting those Houston. Mm-hmm. Woo, red hot Houston Texans. They are consensus two-point home favorites. Yeah, and this has been the week of CJ, CJ, CJ. Uh, look, the rookie quarterback for Houston. We've we've 
you know, we've gave him his flowers. He's been fantastic. He's been amazing. Um, but look, this is the NFL. It gets humbling, and it's not like he's going to go off and win 10, 11 games this year. Uh, he's going to have his moments of, of you know, ha- having a hard time. And if you listen to the Monday podcast, which I would suggest you do, it's our recap of the week before, and a look ahead to the week coming up, I did tease that Atlanta was going to be my ugly play of the week that nobody's going to be on. And, um, and, and I still, and I still love it. So, um, you know, this is, it's just the perfect letdown spot for Houston coming off that, that huge win at home against, uh, the Pittsburgh and they've been overachieving all year as well. And, you know, um, Atlanta, they're, they're (laughs) like Ritter's fucking bad. Like there's no way to spin this. Ritter is fucking awful. The coach came out and said that they're sticking with him. Okay, whatever. Um, but he's also undefeated at home. So for his know, whole life, his whole life. And uh, did I write that down? Yeah, Houston has the worst run defense per PFF in the NFL through four weeks. And Bosevus, uh, what does Atlanta like to do? I think they like. They certainly don't like to throw with that shit ass <laughs> quarterback. I can tell you that. So I think that this is going to be the most square. Uh, uh, Houston dog pick of the week, or this this one and another one I'll get to later. But but Houston's going to be a very square dog pick. I am going the other way, and I'll be on Atlanta. All right. Well, um, yeah. So the Falcons are 25th in DVOA on offense, 23rd in DVOA on defense. Kicking Their quarterback ass. is a joke. Longhorn was clearly wrong about these Falcons because they fucking stink. What's their record? Two and two. The Texans, meanwhile. How am I wrong? Well, you said they're, well, you didn't say division winner, but. No. Anyway. They're right on pace. You said their defense is going to be really good. They stink. Anyway, Texans, meanwhile, are above average in offense. Well, it's kind of hard to be good when you're on the fucking (laughs) field all goddamn day. Fucking maybe the quarterback could actually complete some passes. They might look a little better. Possibly. It's a theory. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the Texans, meanwhile, are above average in offense and defense in DVOA. Color me shot because I fucking am. And the Texans have the best rookie in the history of the NFL, apparently, through four games. Mm-hmm. So can anybody explain this line to me? Exactly. Exactly. And that that's another thing I was going to bring up is when it's fishy like this, yeah, they're, you're, you're – Look, man, take Houston if you want. Uh, it, that's the wrong side. Atlanta's, Atlanta is winning this game. Well, uh, to finish my handicap. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I'll just mic off. Thanks. Uh, well, <laughs> I can explain it with our, definitely our buckets. So, Atlanta falls into a 50% bucket, 58% bucket, 65% bucket. Time Houston. out, time out. I just, just real quick, I've gotten some feedback on listeners. They want some more clarification. I know you did earlier in the year, but just if you can briefly. <sighs> okay, I, I can't do that tonight. I will do that next week and write it down in my notes. The board is the big board now, so it's it's too many buckets. I can't flip this big goddamn thing in okay. the middle of a podcast. But I'd have to fucking get maybe up. Maybe next week, just, just, just. Next a week, start, summary starting of some next of the week, we'll do a summary. I, I, I tried to the best I could through the first four weeks, but yeah, yeah that's all right. hard. Anyway, uh, so in other words, Atlanta, nothing but positive in the buckets. Houston, 28% bucket, 37, 37% bucket, 
20% bucket. Now they are, they do fall in one 61% bucket. So that is one positive for Houston. However, if you average all that probability out, Atlanta averages out to a 61% play, Houston 39% play. Oh, so okay. cannot go any other way but Atlanta for me. And then one trend here since 2012, home favors of three or less off a neutral site game the week before or five and two ATS and straight up. But the margin is razor, razor thin. But I was listening to a couple different things this week, and it was talking about teams coming home from London with no buy. Their team total is like 8-1, and 9-1, and one or whatever it is now to the under. Not going to score a lot of points. So I was like, okay, so I need to modify this trend and look at the rest. So it had to be seven days or less. In other words, no buy off the neutral site. Well, if you put all that together and then put a home team that has seven days or less of rest, they're 2-1 ATS and straight up with an ATS margin of 7.5 points. They're winning by 10 points per game. So in this particular situation, it works out well for the home team, plus all the matchup stuff you talked about, plus all the buckets. It's Atlanta pass for me. Uh, they're definitely in play for my contest picks for sure. And don't forget, if things are going a little sideways with the Ritter, they got fucking Tyler Heineke on the bench there, buddy. Yeah, that guy's played in the playoffs. So yeah, and he fits this all. Like that dude is a you know he he can run, he can scramble. Like I mean, he's just he's the better fit. I don't know what I don't know what they're waiting on. Who fucking knows? All right, we're gonna move on to oh your Detroit Lions hosting them Carolina Panthers. God damn, this number is up to. I'd have to say consensus ten at this point. It's nine and a half in the contest. There's still a few nine and a half left out there, but. Yeah, we'll fucking we'll call it ten. Yeah, I actually just when I you know we're getting ready for the podcast, I pulled up lines and saw that Carolina was at ten, so I went ahead and grabbed that because that's part of my write up is that if it gets to ten, I am firing on Carolina. Um, Detroit opened the season on a Thursday night win on the road against Kansas City, and then came home and obviously lost to Seattle. It was it was you know a classic you know big layoff. Get all that excitement, get your flowers, come back home and lose. Same scenario here. Uh, you know, the, it, 10 points. I mean, I'm, nobody's a bigger believer in Detroit than me. I've been calling this for about 18 months, but we're getting I a little bit. going to say years. <laughs> no, 18 months. But, like, this is getting a little ridiculous. I mean, uh, the, Detroit has not been favored this big since 2018, by the way. So this is five years that, that since they've been favored uncharted territory right so this is an absolute i know carolina sucks i know that the quarterback sucks he looks like he doesn't have a clue it's just a numbers play this is the nfl i'm on those 10 points for sure all right well uh sorry pull this up so at uh nine it was zero points so at 10 it's one point which still basically is a no call in our power rankings, but the power rankings would obviously lean to Carolina at that point. Actually, nine and a half. So, yeah, half a point to Carolina uh, at that. So, I don't think the number is very far off. Um, and, again, you got to remember, Vegas has to set these lines per how the teams have played and per how the public's going to perceive them. So, with all the stats in line, this is a fair number. They're not uh, Nine was a fair number. Nine and a half was spot on. Ten, now you're starting to go the Carolina way. But the Detroit Lions is the are the third best team in the NFL per DVOA. I repeat, the Detroit Lions are the mm-hmm. third best team in the league. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. last week, 
They finally showed what I've been waiting on so that I could buy into this fucking shit franchise. And that is they can score points outside of that fucking dome. They put up 34 versus Green Bay. And with no bullshit either. All offensive points. So now they come back home to face a Carolina team who, breaking news, is not the third best team in the NFL. Uh, They suck out loud. Uh, Bryce Young is not an NFL quarterback. And, you know... It's yes, no, he is. No, oh, he's let's, not. Let's okay. Let, this is the hate on him is getting too far. But go ahead. So there's been no secrets around here that we are not Kyler Murray fans. We said mm-hmm. he's too small. He won't last. He's too stupid and cocky. He won't progress. All of which has been proven true. But at his size, that dude is such a badass that he has looked like he at least belonged and even sometimes thrived in this league. In his first three starts in the NFL, his QBR was a 53. Young's is a 24.9. Now, that's worse than Kyler's worst game in his first three starts, which was his first start, 26.2. So, at Kyler's worst, he was better than Young. Young is dead last in the league in QBR. So... Yeah, it's bad. It's, bad. it's, a, it's a horrible roster. It's horrible coaching and... and- He's not going to be. He's not going to have a good career. Don't get me wrong. He, you know, he probably is a lifetime backup. But you know, lifetime backups are NFL quarterbacks. I don't think that he's going to be a lifetime backup, but we'll see. And I was a huge <laughs> believer in him coming in. Even I big. mean, he didn't forget how to fucking play quarterback. In he four doesn't games. look. He when you just watch him play, he does not look like he belongs on that same field. Now, hopefully, he's a smart kid though. So Dan, hopefully, he will okay. Progress. If you watch Daniel Jones for the last four weeks, does he look like he knows how to play quarterback? And he's we've seen never. Him? Looked like he, but at least there was points where he belonged on right, the field. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. So Daniel Jones is dealing with the kind of roster that Bryce Young is starting his career with. So of course he's not going to look like he he's he looks yeah, lost but even and terrible. Even in those early games with Daniel Jones, he'd made some plays athletically. He made some you'll plays see with his some. arm. You'll, you'll see some. There, there'll be some coming up in the next week or two. You'll start to see some of those plays. I mean, I'm not. He's never going to be good because he's just too small. You're right. But, like, he's not this fucking bad. We'll see. Uh, but this point spread is right. Or you're right. This point spread's too big. And an all-time – now, there are no buckets involved in this game either way. An all-time winless teams, five weeks or later, on the road versus a team with three or more wins. So, week five and on, no wins versus at least three. This is all time, so this is 1989, 56, 33, and 3. So that's 63% against ATS. And since 2012, 17 and 9 ATS is 65.4% with a plus 2.69 ATS margin. That's on Carolina. That's on Carolina. Okay. With an average line of 12. So definitely value here on uh, Carolina historically. There's zero chance that I'm laying nine or ten points with the Detroit Lions. I think this is the the uh, sell high and buy low spot of the week, 100%. So it is Carolina or pass for me here. All right. Agreed. All right, moving on. Oh, those Indianapolis Colts. They are, whoo, Jesus Christ, this line moves the last time I looked at it. They were one-point favorites. Now they are what... Jesus. Uh, let's call it one and a half, even though there's a two and a half on the board. Uh, in the contest, they are only one. So it's getting yeah. bigger on the Titans. But let's call the Titans one and a half point road favorites in Indy. Yeah, I've got them at two. I don't understand that. 
either. Um, hmm. There must be some kind of injury that's going. It's not the quarterback, or it'd be way more than that. So it's got to be maybe maybe one of the players. I don't know. Maybe they figured out Richardson was in, so the line's going up. No, know. no, that's not <laughs> it. Listen, I, I, listen. I, I actually love this matchup for Indy, and I don't necessarily love the lines going up, and I don't know why. Uh, but you know what? Fuck it. We, we record on Wednesday, so we, we're always recording without all the information that happens on Sunday anyway. So go ahead and hit that sounder. Underdog at home. Indy's going to win this game straight up. And uh, let me see. What are my notes here? Um, yeah, Andy, uh, Tennessee struggles with, with mobile quarterbacks, and they thrive on quarterbacks that stay in the pocket. There's lots of holes in the Tennessee defense, the secondary if you can break the contain from the uh, defensive line pass rush that they have in the uh, like up the middle, they're not great on the edges, but they do have some good push up the middle. So once if you got an athletic quarterback that can break contain, you're going to find big holes in that secondary. And um, you know this is there, there's no um, you know obviously Vrabel is a, is a favorite on the road, so it doesn't fall into that that classic Vrabel uh, dog situation that that I like. And Richardson is, you know, I've been watching him. He's starting. He's still not good on accuracy, and he's still throwing around uh, whatever it is, fifty percent. But there's there's starting to be some improvement. That's improvement I, for him, though. Yeah, and and I'm starting, and I really like what I've what I've noticed on him that won't show up on any stat sheet is there's no rattle at all. There's no like that deer in the headlights look at all with him. Even when he makes a mistake, he's calm. He's cool. He's like, yeah, that's my bad. And he, the, the communication is real good with his teammates and his coaches. Like I've actually been really impressed with him this year, even though he's not uh, particularly played that well. Um, so I just, I just think this is a smash spot for Indy, Tennessee coming off that big win, going back on the road where they've not played well this year at all. Um, so yeah, I, 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 Indy wins. All right, uh, the numbers are split on here. The buckets slight favorite, so. Uh, Tennessee in a yeah Tennessee in a sixty one percent bucket so basically makes them fifty five point five percent and Andy forty four point five percent on there so you got a little bit better in a coin flip on Tennessee from that perspective uh, like I said the numbers are split which is basically fifty fifty in all of our data and the years we've been doing this uh, but for me this game I mean it is obviously coin flip Vegas is telling you that. But it's a bigger game for Indy in the division because Tennessee than Tennessee because Indy's already one and one in the division. If they lose and go one and two, this is going to be a very tough climb up. Uh, this is Tennessee's first division game, you know, and being a fave, like you said, is not the spot for Tennessee. Um, it's not the spot for any road division team week five or later in this situation. So, in particular, since 2012, short home dogs, so that's of three or less. In division with a negative scoring margin are 45, 29, and 3 ATS. That's 61%, covering by 2.5 points on an average line of 2.5, which this is obviously moving towards. And uh, if you add into the fact that the opposing team, oh, sorry, the average line, yeah, and, oh, 40 and 36 straight up on that. If you add in the fact that the opposing team, the favorite, has a positive scoring margin on the season, the dogs are 27-16 in two ATS. That's 63%. You get a bump up there, and you get a bump up on the ATS margin, uh, plus 3.22 on a line of 2.5, and, and they're 25-20 and 20 straight up 
So Indy is actually a really good round robin play. And if you take the dog and tease them up, so if you hit that two teaser, it's 86%. And the total, oh, sorry, 86% teasing the dog up and the total tease it down and take the over. It hits at 75.6%. So I've already bet the Colts and the over on a two game teaser on the plus six and a half, minus six and a half. So I've been doing pretty good on these so far this season, and that's the way I'm getting at this one. I, I came up with a nickname for your little off off Stanford uh, Wong. Um, oh, teaser. good! Hit us with it. It is the we can call it the Bocephus. I don't do Wong's teaser of the week, <laughs> or, or the I don't I don't do Wang's te- teaser of the week or something like uh, that. I can't do no Wong teaser yeah, of the week. <laughs> I do no Wong's teaser of the week. <laughs> The Do No Wong's Teaser of the Week. The Do go. No Wong Teaser of the Week. I like it. All right. Yeah. I have to come up with a fucking catchy... Get, uh, get, some, get some drops for that. Drops for that. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. All right. Yeah. Uh, sounds like we're on the same side on that one as well. Okay, moving on. Oh, those Miami Dolphins. Ooh, got a little humble pie last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, well, the betting market's not really seen it that way because they are... Uh, we'll say consensus 11. There's an 11 and a half book at MGM right now. Uh, you can get them at or 10 and a half at FanDuel, but we'll say consensus 11 home favorite versus those New York football, sometimes giants. Yeah. I don't know what they're playing right now, but it's definitely not football. Um, yeah, I was just checking on here to see. I was curious what the tickets and cash it's 90. It's just call it 90 to 95% tickets and cash all in on Miami. Like, even the pros are not going to be taking the Giants here. Like, there's just no way you can take the Giants. It's, it's. I mean, you know, it, I mean, I guess you can. You can just hope and pray that that they actually figure out how to block and play football the right way. But they're bad well, on offense. A, a little Go announcement ahead. on that though: the NFL came out with a, a new rule. Uh, from now mm-hmm. on, the rest of the season, everybody has to count to six Mississippi before they can rush the Giants' passer. So. Six that might, Mississippi. That might yeah. help uh, the Giants out a little bit. Six Mississippi. Yeah. Well, that means that means if he holds if he holds the ball for six point five seconds, he's sacked. So he, <laughs> he better he better get rid of it. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you. I know how. You, I just don't know how you don't take Miami here. It, it's it's you know they're coming off the loss. They're going to be wanting to get back on track. This is like playing a JV team, both on defense and offense. Um, let's see what else do I have written down. I mean, it's, it's just a smash spot. The Giants have zero takeaways so far this season. Zero in four games. They have eighteen Seeming pressures. Impossible. They have eighteen pressures. Eighteen. Mm. Like this. I mean, Miami is going to be able to name their score. Now, now Miami's got their issues on defense. They won't be able to do to the Giants what Seattle did. But dude, Seattle's not a great defense. They're an okay defense. So you know. This is going to get ugly real fast and stay ugly. So, uh, yeah, it's all Miami for me. All right. Well, usually the numbers would be all over uh, the Giants, of course, with this spread. But they've been so bad that they're actually split. And the power rankings have Miami covering this 11-point spread. Jesus Christ. The Giants, you suck. Uh, buckets. Okay, this is one of the biggest disparities, maybe the biggest disparity of the week. Uh, the Giants, buckets. And this is all ATS percentage, just putting that out there. 
They fall into a 33%, 37%, 20%, and 36%. Miami falls into no buckets. Add all that up. Miami is a 65% advantage play here against the spread. Even with this huge fucking number, which is incredible. Uh, so I wanted to kind of look at, you know, big favorites. After lose, after getting blown out at home, blah, blah, blah. So since 2012, home favorites of 10 or more. After losing the previous game by more than 10, 15 and 10 ATS, 23 and 2. Straight up. Now, when you add in the fact that your opponent got beat by 10 or more, off, off, also, 5 and 3 ATS, you cut your sample down, but it's all still trending the same way. 7 and 1 straight up. So don't put the Giants in your round robin this weekend, <laughs> boys and girls. It's yeah, tempting. Thanks. Is that my oh, sound? Yeah, I was so close to hitting the button on <laughs> the money line Giants. Thank God I didn't. All right, moving on. Those New England Patriots. Oh, consensus one point. Home favorites versus the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I hate this game so much. This is a complete stay away game for me. Uh, just a few talking points on this game, though. However, because uh, it's basically what you say the line is currently one for which way. New England. New England's favored? Okay. Um, that's probably the way I would lean, but like I said, I would never touch this fucking game. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the offense for New Orleans, but even when Carr was healthy, they haven't they haven't looked great, and I and I think it's the coach. I think it's, um, you know, I'm going to talk on Monday's podcast, so I'm going to do some more diving into these coaches, and the coach they hired to replace um, – uh, Sean Payton is just, he's, he's terrible. He's not a good coach. He's, historically, he's not a good coach. So I, I think this is a bad marriage. I believe he's the least profitable coach yeah. in the history of the NFL, like 50 or more games as a head coach. Yeah, so the marriage between coach and quarterback, I think this is headed to a divorce real fast. Um, Carr has, has looked bad. Like in no way, even if Carr is not right, in no way, shape, or form should – Olave go out there with like one catch in a game. There's no way Kamara killing my have, fantasy team. And there's no way Kamara should have 13 catches and 33 yards. Like that's that's I don't know how you I don't know how else you read that other than that your offense has the it's the most predictable offense in the world that you can take a weapon like Kamara throw it to him and the other de- the defense knows exactly what's coming that they're right there to tackle him immediately every single time that's a, that's impossible i mean good lord like th- this is um we have a broken offense on both sides new england cl- is clearly bro- uh, broken with with mac jones and that marriage between him and bill is not working uh it's just an ugly game I, I won't even watch it it's probably the hello corner tv game for sure if i had to take one i would take bill belichick at home just because maybe he can scheme up, you know, the defense. I mean, actually, he's the way better coach. So that's that's it. He's the way better coach. That's my lean. I'm going with that. Just simply on that. Yep, numbers are split on this one. Uh, buckets. There's only one for each, and is big time pro New England. Twenty percent bucket for the Saints. Fifty eight percent for New England. So that gives New England about a sixty one percent advantage on that. Now. Uh, my notes in this game, neither of these teams can score the ball. I don't think I'm breaking news there. So that's where I started digging in. Uh, so since 1989, which is, again, where our database starts, from week five on, if you have two teams that be- score below the league average, 
And the home team is a short favorite, so between one and three, which is obviously where this game is going to end up. It's not going over three. No, mm-hmm. I don't care. Fucking half New Orleans teams dies on the plane up, right up there. It's not going over mm-hmm. three. Uh, they cover 57% of the time, and the over hits at a 55% clip. But if you go from 2012, there's only been two such games. And the home team is 2-0 straight up and ATS winning by five points a game. And the over is going 2-0 there by over 20 points per game. <laughs> And that's on an average total of 40, which is exactly where this total sits. Because Vegas just makes these lines. It's all a a big math equation. They make the lines where the teams fall into, and that's exactly where we're at. So both of those continue in the direction of the larger sample size, which some people say, oh, small sample size. Yeah, that's fine. But if it continues in in the direction of a large sample size, then it becomes more of a system. Then it becomes a trend. So if you have two teams that score below league average, this becomes a system. I already bet New England and the over on a two-game parlay. Uh, Well, I actually bet them both individual and I bet half a unit on the two-team parlay. No teasers here on this. The numbers weren't great for that. And plus, you don't need it. It's going over by 20 fucking points a game. So You took New England and the over? I did. You bet the ugliest game on the board. God bless you, sir. Yep. All right. It's Pats or Pass for me on this one. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, what a proud franchise they used to be. They're four-point home dogs <laughs> to those Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And I don't know why they fucking. And this is painted for, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. It can keep going up for all I care because no, I it's am... going down. What was it at? It was at four and a half. It was at three and a half earlier in the week, though. I know, but on my online contest, I got Pittsburgh at four and a half, so it's okay. it's back down to four. And I think so, it, in our contest, it is at four. Yeah, this is just an auto play. Like, I mean, you know, it, I hate that I have to take Pittsburgh, but I'm taking fucking Pittsburgh. I'm not making the mistake I made last week with not taking auto play type games. Um, you know, twenty-one and three in this series between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, when the line is three or more points. So if you, the team getting three or more points in this series, twenty-one and three against the spread, it's 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 just an autoplay. There's no other way to say it. I don't even really care who plays Pickett or uh, Trubisky. Pretty much the same. That's they both definitely they both Trubisky. Suck. It's, I don't know. I actually, if you listen to Tomlin's press conference, he's you know, if you if you read between the lines of what Tomlin's saying and, and the Tomlin way that he says things, it sounds like he's saying, "Hey, uh, Pickett, you little pussy! Like, uh, it's a it's a bruise. You know, it's a pain management thing, not anything that you can damage anymore. Um, get your little bitch ass out there." Now he he said it in a little different words, but that's kind of how I read what he said. So we'll see who it is. But but again, who cares? Fucking Trubisky, Pickett, they both suck. Um, I. Yeah, that's really all I got. It's just autoplay based on the number and the and the matchup. Well, I hope it's fucking uh, old Mitchie boy, and I hope it's not fucking Pickett. Uh, yeah, numbers are split on here. Uh, buckets, there are no buckets in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh before a bye, home dog. There's only two teams that are going on a bye next week. Green Bay and Pittsburgh, home dog before a bye, 25-15-1. So yes. the best spot to be in is where Pittsburgh's at. And this is their fucking sweet spot. Now, I know I'm the one that brought it up. Tom was not the same without Big Ben. He's not the same in this dog position. 
It's not just the autoplay that it always was. But in this series, like you said, it is absolutely a fucking autoplay. Because even if you go from 2021, so no Big Ben, uh, they played them twice in 2021. Pittsburgh, home dog, covered. 2022, home favorite, lost. In the four games, they played the Ravens, period. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Steelers are 3-1 and one ATS. All three wins, coming as dogs. They won loss as a favorite. It's very <laughs> fucking simple. Since 2012, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. Pittsburgh as a dog. 8-2-2 ATS as a favorite. 3-8 ATS. You just take the fucking dog. So it's Pittsburgh yeah. or pass. Yeah, there's no, just don't overthink it. Yeah, there, there is. If you're going to play this game, there is no other way to play it. If Baltimore beats you, fine. You fucking tip your hat on a fucking 20% yeah. winning. Uh, it, it happens. It happens 20% of the time. So, whatever. Yeah. All right, moving on. Oh, those fighting Cardinals. Midgetless, but still fighting, baby. They are three three point home dogs to the Cincinnati Bengals. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, you know. It, this is not surprising to me. I've been watching this team and and their progress throughout the year. And to be quite honest, at in about a month, we're going to realize that the wrong team was favored in this game. So hit that sounder, Bo Sivas. Arizona is going to win this game. And I don't even really, like, I feel dirty hitting the sounder on this because I think that, I think it's clearly they're the better team uh, in, this, in this situation. What do we... But this is also a very intriguing game to me to watch. It's one of the more fascinating games for a game that is, well, 44.5 for the total, so that's not as low as I thought it would be. But, um, you know, what do we know about these two teams so far this year? I mean, Arizona scored points. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much every game. So so what we know about these two teams, when you remove all the priors, like forget about what you thought since he was, forget about what you thought Arizona was coming into the year, and just focus on what we know this year. Arizona looks like they will score on fucking anybody and never stop coming at your ass. And, and whatever's going on with that offensive coordinator that I talked about two weeks, it's continuing. There's people flashing wide open. He's getting... Uh, that he, He's an up-and-comer, so I'll just put it that way. Um, the Cincy defense, it... It's had its brief moments of good, but it's mostly been underwhelming as well. The Arizona defense is clearly really, really bad. It's it's as equally bad that the Arizona defense is a, is as equally bad as the Cincinnati offense. Um, so, but when you wrap it all up, it just feels like Arizona has more units that are playing well. Because even the defense for Arizona, although they're not good against against you know. Uh, uh, handicapped and a in a compromised offense like Cincinnati, I think you might see you know uh, see them play a little bit better. It's just the wrong team's favor here. Arizona's going to win this game. It does feel trappy. I'm not going not going to lie. It does feel trappy because all of the line has come down from um, I don't know around. I think what you say on Monday has come down from maybe six down to three. No, it's been three all week. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I'll, I gotta, I'll, I'll double check that. But. Yeah, because I, I got it at three and a half personally, and I got that on Monday. But whatever. It's, it's Certainly from the look ahead to now, it's it's come down. Um, I think by game time, you're going to get this under three, uh, to be honest. So, look, I'm I'm all Arizona here. I'm, I'm team Arizona. They play hard. They keep fighting. They don't give up. And those are a handicapper's dream. All right. 
I'll catch back up to that in a second. So, uh, the numbers here, actually agreement on Arizona. Oh, shit. Uh, you all right there, buddy? Yeah. That, they, I was, I got was so, so excited he fell out of his chair. I was so excited that I got agreement for the numbers that I'm just I'm losing it. Yeah, there's only two this week, so you got one of them. Uh, mm. The Buckets, uh, slightly favoring Cincy here, 53-47, so that's not really worth um, considering. But, like you said, this game, I mean, this game feels trappy. It feels like Arizona is the square dog or one of the square dogs of the week to me. Yeah. And since 2012, if you're losing by over eight points a game on the season, which Cincinnati is, and you're the road favorite of two or more, 14.92 ATS with a plus 3.2 ATS margin with an average line of 3.7. So it's a little bit under that now. 20 and 5 straight up, winning by 7 points per game. Now, here's what I will say. I don't really have a side on this game. It's kind of a wait and see for me, so this is definitely a pass. But God damn, would since be a ballsy and sneaky survivor play in this fucking game right here. It really would. And this this line being them minus three, and everybody's like, Arizona, Arizona, you know, fucking Burrow sucks and he's hurt. It's still three. Yeah. He, yeah, he he doesn't suck, but he's definitely hurt. So, you know, I, like I said on Monday, I've, you do what you want, but I rolled on top of my super contest uh, note-taking, don't take compromised quarterback. So, Well, no, you, I, didn't, I didn't say contest. I said survivor. Oh, oof. Well. It'd be, you, it'd be ballsy, but if you look at if – you're, if you're playing survivor, boys and girls, uh, yeah, there's plenty of options this week. There's some options next week, but I would – advise you to look ahead to week seven where it gets fucking nasty and we're gonna lose probably at least into the 50 percent of the field that week mm. and so if you could sneak in anybody this week that's not named miami detroit or washington you know that that'd be a hell of a fucking guess like i said it'd be a button again in this trend 20 and 5 straight up it'd be ballsy it would be ballsy i i mean I can't really pick a side either way. I, you know, I hear your points and I don't disagree with them, and I don't really have anything to dispute you. And the numbers are with you, so mm-hmm. I probably can't do it. And I definitely, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not putting. Sense he's in just the telling all y'all to do it so that you get knocked <laughs> out and he get and then he's hired. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, oh, those Los Angeles Rams, four and a half point home dogs. Those. Damn, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, baby, this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. All right, we got the Rams at home. They are 4-0 ATS, ATS this year overall. Philly is looking vulnerable on the back end. And if I'm assuming Stafford plays, it's Wednesday. He's banged up, whatever. I think he's, he's a gamer. He's going to play if Cup comes back in and plays, which I don't know the update on him, but there's a possibility he plays. You talk about having the opportunity to attack this vulnerable secondary hurt secondary for the eagles this is the smash spot for that 
And I don't know if you've noticed, and I haven't heard anybody nationally talk about this. This is something that's just gone under the radar that people will start talking about. Where The, the Eagles do not have a pass rush from the outside. They're getting nothing from the edge. Uh, Hassan Reddick has been a ghost. Uh, Derek Barnett has been a ghost. All their pass rush and their good defensive line play is coming from up the middle, which is a, which is great. That's awesome when you got fucking badass DTs like like Fletcher Cox and Carter and uh, and and Jordan. Uh, uh, what's the Jordan, Jordan Davis? Da- Jordan Davis. Like that's great. They're 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 tough up the Carter's middle. Carter's been a fucking beast, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they're they're super tough up the middle. But there's they're lacking that edge pressure that makes all of this come together. And with the with the secondary injuries that they're having, a veteran quarterback like like Stafford with weapons like Puka and Cut and Cup coming back, if he does, oh, this is a smash spot. Like like, do not be surprised. Look, Philly's not going to go undefeated. Okay. They're not going to go 17-0. They're going to lose Hot some games. <laughs> I mean, Dow- we saw Dallas. Dallas is a really good team. They they went on the road and lost to Arizona. Okay, these teams lose on the road. It's very hard to win in this in this league. San Francisco is going to get some losses this year. Everybody's going to get losses. This is a spot for Philadelphia who has, who've been, they've been flirting with it. They've been just flirting with it, but there hasn't been a team good enough, quite good enough yet to take advantage of it, a quarterback quite good enough yet to take advantage of it. Baker had his moments; uh, they shit the bed uh, in that one. Uh, Hal for the for the Redskins certainly had his moments. They probably should have beat them if they went for two, but they didn't do it. This is this is the one. The the Rams certainly take the four and a half. I think they got a good chance to win this game. All right. Well, you got the other numbers agreement of the week Sweet. on the Rams. That's awesome. Uh, buckets, again, not much here. There is a slight favorite to Phillies, 53-47. So when you break it all down, so again, that's that's really negligible. Uh, and really the only note I had here was I wanted to hear your breakdown on this uh, on this game. I said I, I wrote down I lean Rams. I probably mm-hmm. passed this game, but I, I wouldn't bet Philly. Definitely wouldn't bet Philly. Um, now – the Redskins game, yeah, they absolutely could have lost that game. Other than that, everything else is kind of circumstantial. Tampa Bay never had a chance, really, in that game. Well, but, I, I mean, from people that – I didn't see the first half of that game, but from people that watched it that – Well, I watched I, it, and they didn't have a chance. Well, they said Mike They said Mike Evans dropped some, some uh, passes Mike, that would have – Mike Evans did drop – well, I can't say he dropped. It was a bad – it was Baker with a bad throw. He was late getting to him. He was wide open. But by the time that Mike and Mike Evans was turned around like he was fielding a punt on mm-hmm. the corner of the end zone, and the defender literally got a fingertip in there and knocked out of his hands. Better ball, you know. Earlier so, recognition, so it was Evans was been, wide open. Is is the point? Like Evan, like Stafford's not missing that pass. Like like they, no, they got yeah, problems. Yeah. No, I, they I, got I, problems. I hear you. No, they do definitely have problems. I'm with you on that. So yeah, I would I would definitely lean with you to the Rams here. That'd be the only way I'd play it. Would be the Rams. All right. All right, move on. Oh, those Denver Broncos. Those soon-to-be 10-win Denver Broncos. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you called it. I did call it. They're favorites. This week, one and a half points. That's pathetic. Over those New York J-E-T-S. Jets. What's their record? What is what is Denver's record? Are they one and three? One and three, baby. Got some work to do uh, to get to that. One down, nine to go. Yeah. Hey, man, I think they're going to get a win here. Actually, I'm leaning to Denver. Uh, 
Last that that game like, Sunday night, the game or was it Sunday or Monday? The Kansas City Jets was that Sunday or Monday? Sunday, Sunday. night. Sunday yeah, night. that felt like just watching that game. It felt like the Jets threw every fucking thing they had to win that game. It felt like the biggest game of their year. It felt like they knew if they didn't get that game, their season has taken the turn for where they didn't want it to go, and they did lose it. So it's you know you can't necessarily have a dream crusher in week four, but when your starting quarterback goes down in week one and you're hanging on to a bad quarterback. Uh, that, that you're just trying Who to played hold. literally one of the best games he's ever played exactly. in his entire fucking life, and then you still lose that. Like you just you like you saw from Sala, he got a flag because he was so worked up, and that was their shot. That was their chance to stay in this season, stay in the fight. I just think, I just think that they're going to be going to Denver deflated, um, kind of knowing which way this season's going to go. Now Denver's defense sucks. Obviously, it sucked. I can't explain it. I really can't. Uh, the, the coaching change obviously is is a is an issue. I don't know who the new defensive coordinator is that took over for Van, for Fangio. Like I said, next year the, oh, that'd be mis- Vance Joseph, who was supposed to, I believe, get all the. Isn't that who it is? I think I'm right on I, that. I don't know. Like I said, next year these I'll have these things locked down, and there will be no uh, you know questions on these coordinator situations. But it ain't working. Whatever they're doing, it ain't working. They cut Randy Gregory uh, earlier this week. Maybe there's some cancer situations going on there in the locker room that they can clean out and you know kind of have a reset. You know, that is you- Vance Joe. Just Google it. And the first thing that came up: uh, Broncos fans start petition to fire Vance Joseph. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, like, I mean, of course they would. But look, kudos to them because because you know it's it's only week four, and for them to take the kind of step to cut a high-priced player like Gregory, that sends a message to the locker room. So I expect a kick up from that defense in this game just, just based on like sending a message. And th- they were good last year. It's the same players. There's no reason they should be this fucking bad. They don't have to be great, but at least be okay, and you should be able to uh, win this game. Like, like you said, Wilson came off the, the game of his life in the NFL. I don't expect that to happen again. Uh yeah, that's pretty much all I got. It's just it's just a really good spot for Denver. Yep. Uh, numbers on this one, I believe, are split on pretty much every yeah every other game. I think there's actually no call. Nope, split here. Uh, buckets. It's a slight advantage to the Jets, fifty-four to forty-six. So ooh ooh, tickets seventy percent Jets, but cash is majority Denver. That that's that's a, that's a that seals yeah. the deal. Love it. And the other thing here is another one. I just wanted to hear Longhorn's thoughts on this game. I think I've told you my thoughts on Denver throughout the season, especially last week when I threw down the gauntlet that it wasn't the offense, it wasn't Russell Wilson, it was the defense. And Russell Wilson led them back from a huge deficit uh, on the road last week. Didn't He got the push, didn't quite get the cover, but to come back from, I don't know, what were they down, like 24 at one point on the road, something. Three, something, I don't know what it was, bad. And they came back on the road and got that win. That along, I, th- I love the I love the cutting of Randy Gregory. Not no, I mean I don't want ill will to any player. I don't want anybody to lose their job or anything like that. But to your I think point, will be fine. The message it sent, especially yeah. after, I mean it's easy to fucking pat everybody on the back after a comeback win. It's like oh everything's okay, but no, they got the win and still cut somebody. That's Sean Payton, and yep. that Sean Payton comes from Bill Parcells, mm-hmm. and that is that tough love motherfucker 
If you don't do what we ask you to do, your ass is out of here. So I do love that. And the only other thing I wrote down was, you know, I think Denver wins. Uh, I don't know that I'm better either way. Uh, I don't. I didn't find anything really on this game, but I do think Denver wins. Like that's a, like, there's no way to underestimate how important that message is, and and it's only the good coaches and good organizations that would do something like that. That is just man. It's just these are grown men. They're all making millions and millions of dollars. Mo- well, not most of them, but a lot of them are making more than the coach. So for the coach to have the balls to go in there and say, you are fucking gone. We're changing this uh, right now. That's It's so huge what, what he did. Which is, I mean, I, I, I'm not a film guy or whatever, but to me, to do that, there had to be something that he did so egregious that he had been doing and then did it again in Chicago so egregious that helped lead to that huge deficit they got into. I mean, it, it just had to be. like It was like, you know what, if you don't do your fucking assignment, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, pretty much. All right, moving on. Oh, it's those Minnesota Vikings. And they are hosting the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. And that line is now uh, pretty much painted four across the board, except for, uh, who is that? DraftKings has got a four and a half. So, yeah, we'll call it four. It's four in the contest. Yeah, man, it's just I'm I'm a little worried about how easy this week and this slate feels to me. Like every almost every game feels just simple and autoplay for the most part. And uh, you know we know nothing is simple in this league, so it's not going to play out like that. Uh, but I've always said, you know, if you get if you can get Kansas City under a field goal, either with the actual line or in a tease, that's 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 the spot that you take Mahomes every time like that. We just saw it last week with with um, with the Jets. He, they were they were they were winning. Then they fell. Then they fell behind. But it's Mahomes. He's going to do what he has to do. And even with a chance to push it back up to ten, Mahomes is a veteran. Doesn't care about the final score. He kneels down on the one and game over. Like it's James just, Franklin would not approve. Well, that's Mahomes doesn't fucking care, and they don't care. But on the also, what I always say is if you get them, if you get the other team over a field goal against Kansas City and Kansas City does not have motivation or a reason to score or or you know whatever like they had against Chicago then you didn't you take the other team you know earlier in the week Minnesota was at 5 they're at 4 now everybody's obviously leaning that way i just think it's the right side you know Kansas City has no issue playing close games at all they they that's what they that's what they kind of love to do and we know Minnesota likes to play close game so in a close game you take the four points you cash it out and you say thank you very much all right well the numbers are split on this one the buckets are oh are they in favor of kansas city minnesota 33 percent bucket 37 percent bucket 36 percent bucket 61 percent that adds i'm gonna to- piss in your buckets okay i'm gonna pee <laughs> in your buckets if you keep that up 61 percent kansas city covers now if you look at the game kansas city defense not so bad so far this year 14th dvoa now their offense has not been great this season especially compared to what we've seen in the past but they've also played the fourth and the 11th ranked dvoa defense so far in their four games when they played a bad defense they kicked the shit out of them and minnesota is a bad defense they gave up 20 to the Bucks, who stink on offense. They gave up 34 and 28 to the Chargers and to Philly, who are 5th and 7th in DVOA, so good offenses. Well, guess what? Kansas City's 8th. So right there with them. 
I expect Kansas City to have another get-right game here. More importantly, so does Vegas with this line, and that leads us to the numbers geek pick of the week. Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. Longhorn, did you know this is the biggest dog Cousins has ever been at home since he's been there in Minnesota? In fact, four points. Four points. In fact, this is only the ninth time he's ever been a home dog in Minnesota since he's been there. In the previous eight, he's two and six straight up, four and four ATS. Now you might think that's 50-50, but the margin negative 3.88. So it's not really 50-50. And 50-50. if you take those eight games and trim them down, two games on Sunday that do not start at one, but are not in prime time. I don't want to be unfair. So exactly in this 330 window, one and two straight up, one and two ATS with a negative 9.17 ATS margin, losing by 11 and a half points per game. As always, boys and girls, if it ain't Noontime's cousin, it's case here pass for me, baby. Mm. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, we got the oh game of the fucking week. I usually set this up ironically. I'm being serious this time. Mm-hmm. It's those San Francisco 49ers hosting those Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and they are painted across the board at three and a half. It touched four. It's still four at point. I think that's points bet. It's been it touched four to a couple bucks, but basically it opened at three. And almost immediately, or at over three and a half, went to three, went back to three and a half almost immediately. It's touched for a bunch of different books. Every time it touches four, it gets bet back down to three and a half. So we'll <laughs> call it three and a half uh, consensus. Yeah. And um, listen, this is a, I'm going to say it before this, uh, a little disclaimer. After the drop, I'm going to, I'm going to explain this further, but this is, there's a little twist here, a little, little plot twist here, Bo Steve, this is what I'm getting to, and I'll, I'll explain after the drop, but this is the Big Dick Pick of the Week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. All right, so usually if you've been listening to this podcast, when I pick, you know, the Big Dick Pick of the Week is usually a you know, a bigger dog that I am picking to either win or certainly cover with the points. But the, the twist on this one, San Francisco is about to blow the doors off of Dallas. This is the game. <laughs> this is the game of the week that everybody's looking forward to. And it is going to get ugly and ugly fast. Um, just, it's just a bad matchup for Dallas. And, and Dallas has the injury situations in this game. San Francisco is completely healthy. Uh, assuming Debo is, is going to be fine, which, uh, you know, every, everything's pointing that he will be. Um, Arizona, uh, who, who I said a couple weeks ago, again, is is kind of playing this Shanahan-style offense. They went up and down the field on Dallas, and now you have the real Shanahan offense with way better offensive players, and, and Diggs is out, and uh, it's just it, they, they can't stop the run. It, San Francisco is going to have no issues on offense, in my opinion. And on the other side, Dak, you know, Dak's really good at beating up bad teams. Is what he's done his whole career. Certainly beats up the NFC East. He struggles against good teams, and and I you know I love the fact that I think the public and 
the Sharps are going to be all over Dallas in those three and a half points. I kind of like that because I'm going to be on the other side, and I think San Francisco, in a gentleman's blowout, wins by, you know, 10, 13 points, something like that. So that's it's, it's a little different, a little, little odd big dick pick of the week, but, uh, yeah, this is a blowout. All right, well, the numbers, this is a no-call on the power rankings. There are no buckets on this game. Uh, but I wanted to do a little bit of deeper dive because I know how the narrative especially gets built, especially when you lose in the playoffs, which obviously Dallas did to San Francisco. I'm like, yeah, but, man, we were in Vegas watching that game. We were sweating it pretty good mm-hmm. there for a while. Like, can they really – was it really that much of a dominance as much as it seemed in the end? And what's what we remember – so I started looking back. So since Shanahan has been in San Francisco, he's two and two straight up, and ATS versus Dallas, and that's all in the Dak era. Now he's won the last two, so it didn't start well, but the last two had belonged to him. One of them was a as a dog of three and a half on the road that was in the playoffs, and then one as a fave of three and a half at home again in the playoffs. So three and a half seems to be where this game is destined to land. Like I said, it's been up, it's been down, but it keeps getting bet to the three and a half. Uh, range so I don't particularly care for that number but San Francisco beat Dallas two years ago with Jimmy G throwing for 172 yards and then last year Brock Purdy threw for 214 you talk about the weapons well last game C-Mac had 35 yards Debo had 56 all-purpose yards rushing and receiving Mm -hmm. Ayuk had 26 yards and they still won by seven now, Dallas obviously did not have their best day offensively either, but you're not going to versus these two defenses. Don't get it twisted. Dallas defense is still really fucking good. Yeah. So, when it, what it came down to me is like I kind of took it to baseball. When you don't really have your fastball, which neither one of these offenses will, it becomes a question of who can really execute their pitches better, who can work the edges, know the tendencies of the hitters, they know the ump, etc., and in that situation, I just trust Kyle Shanahan more than I do McCarthy, period. Mm-hmm. I trust that the machine that San Francisco is is going to punch Dallas in the mouth, as they always do, and they're just going to grind this game out. And then one trend that I've got on this game since 2012, teams that are undefeated week five or later, home, favorites between three and six, eight, four, and one ATS with a plus 4.85 ATS margin, 10 and 3 straight up, winning the game by 9 points per game. And if you add into that the opponent has only one loss, then you get down to 2 and 1 straight up and 2 and 1 ATS covering, and still 9.5 points per game. So, again, that's another one of those situations where the bigger sample, the smaller sample follows the bigger example right on path. So, I mean, it's San Francisco a pass for me here for sure. I don't think there's any other way to play it. It's just, you know. When, when you get two really good teams like this together, and these are two of the best teams, they're probably two. I mean, Philly's got their issues for sure, but within the three of them, they're the three best teams in the NFC. I don't think anybody would argue that. And matchups, you know, or uh, styles make fights, I guess is what you could say. And the style that San Francisco plays is just, it's the kind of style that just for whatever reason gives Dallas fits. It, it's the only way I can go with it. And let's not let's not forget that yeah, they San Francisco struggled a little bit on offense in that playoff game, but that was well, they struggled I mean, a lot. They, they struggled, struggled a lot. lot, but but that was a Brock Purdy that I mean, 
it's, it's first, you know, his first playoff run. Like, I mean, it's, it, yeah, but they couldn't run the ball. I mean, their their rushing totals were nothing. Like I said, C-Mac had thirty five yards. Remember, I had the fucking over on Debo, like nineteen and a half yards rushing. He had a fourteen. I mean, everything they usually did that killed Dallas, they didn't do it. I mean, Dallas made all the right adjustments, but in the end of the at the end of the day, the reason why I like this pick so much is even with all of that going right for Dallas, they they have no answer for this defense on offense themselves, and this offense for San Francisco is just like one of they're one of those goddamn. You remember when we were little kids and they had a little fucking robot that you push on the top of the button and he just comes at you with the punch, 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 and he just doesn't stop fucking. That's just what they are on offense. It doesn't matter how many times you stop them. It doesn't matter how many times you make them fucking punt. They're just going to keep punching you and punching you and punching you and punch. And eventually, you can't take any more punches. I don't see them blowing them out like like you do, but I think I think right on the trend line, eight to nine point victory. That's pretty much where this series has been. It's plenty more to cover than three and a half. So I think somewhere from between seven and nine, San Francisco wins this game. So I am with you. The game inside the game, like I mean, let's 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 uh, if they can scheme it because you know Dallas, one of their Achilles' heels is against the run. So if they're, you know, overemphasizing to stop the run, and maybe they challenged Brock Purdy to beat them, you know, as a rookie last year, and he couldn't do it necessarily in that playoff game. If they attempt the same thing, then you know it'll be up to Purdy to pick apart on that on that secondary and we'll see if he can do it but yeah i just I, obviously I, I see a big win for san fran here all right moving on oh ba, 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 da, ba, da. it's the monday night football game our las vegas raiders are hosting those green bay packers they are one point consensus home dogs Oh man, those cocksucking Raiders are just—they're just, just going to be that. You know how like every year there's that team that you end up just for whatever reason taking more than than you want to. Like, hey, for whatever reason, I just want to bring this to your attention. The Raiders are that team to you every year. If you don't, no, if you don't remember, not. they are, dude. I don't know you how don't many have times the proof of that. Oh you? my god, I don't know how many times that. I mean, I I, I know at least two times I recall on the top of my head. Where we went heads up, and I had the Raiders, and you had the other side, and I beat you. And then you'd be on the Raiders other way, so I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. And, of course, they never win. Like, they're, they're, they are your albatross. They're your mm-hmm. albatross. Well, that was a good uh, trip down the anecdotal memory lane of Bocephus. <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. Um, look, yes, they, they're fucking killing me this year. Uh, they uh, obviously had them last week in the Super Contest, and they killed me. They fucking played good enough to win that game. I swear to God, like they're they're not their roster, especially with the way you know some of the defense has been overachieving this year and not as bad as I thought they would be. I thought the offense would be you know kind of fine, uh, and and actually there that's the side of the ball that's you know not looked as great as it as it as it should be with Jacob struggling and uh, you know Garoppolo out now, but like. The defense has played okay, you know. It's just, but the coach, God, the coach is so Daniels is so bad, and that's that's why. And this is just a lean, you know. It's not like a sound or anything, and I, I don't really, I don't want to bet them or anything like that. But I think that I think Vegas is the right spot here, you know. That their Green Bay is just they're not a good team. They're just not a good team. Love has been exposed as a quarterback that is not very good. Uh, they, they they hit him for a while early in the season, stole some wins they didn't necessarily deserve, 
And that's not going to last throughout the year. So, you know, you can't be a slave to, uh, you know, when you get beat a couple times by a team in this game, you just cannot be a slave. And I'm not doing that anymore. You got to, like, take what you feel. I feel the Raiders are the right spot here. And um, if they burn me here, then you will get to crow on next week's podcast, I guess. Well, I'm not going to be able to crow because I don't don't really have a – Side on this either way. Green Bay, though, before the bye is an away dog, and that is 30-26-2. The away dog did win last week. Uh, no, actually, they went 1-1 one one last week for the bye, so not a great spot. Um, look, I'm not sure if Vegas can win this game or not, but they have to. They have to win this game. If they don't win this game, you were talking about Philly earlier and the lack of outside pass rushers. I was waiting to this game to bring it up. There's already a rumor going around that's been substantiated by credible NFL reporters that Philly is in back-channel talks with Vegas. If things were to go sideways in this game, Max Crosby has two years left on his deal. They're looking to dump salary. The Raiders are willing to give up right – or, sorry, the Eagles are willing to give up right now. A second-round pick for him, possibly a first. And so they could be trading Max, their best player on defense. They better fucking like just somebody else. Fucking Denver, somebody, somebody go get him. Not, not the fucking Raiders. <laughs> You're not trading not, him not, in division, Jesus. Not the Eagles, man. Come on. Well, that's true. But like anybody else, Chicago. Well, Chicago wouldn't do it. But nah. not the fucking Eagles. The Eagles turn into like the Lakers. We're just every year. Oh, what do we need? Yeah, yeah, oh, I know. Oh, we need this? Okay, let's go get that. Uh, let's let's, make the let's calls. draft all of Georgia's team and then take every top free agent and see what see what works out. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, th- shit. so they have to win this game. They absolutely have to. Again, I don't know if they can. Green Bay's defense is not bad. And, you know, the Raiders' offense isn't good. I don't know. And the Raiders' defense isn't good. So... Lowe's been, you know, like you said, he hasn't been great, but he's been pretty good against bad defenses, and this is another one he gets to face, and it's in a dome, so no weather. I don't know, man. I, this is definitely a 100% pass for me. I do want to recall back to I looked up. You were right on the Arizona. It did open at 5. I had never saw it that high. I saw it at 4, so no. I thought it had been pretty much 3 pretty much ever since it opened, but it did open at 5, so you did nail that. Uh, so the money has definitely come in on your Cardinals. And last note on the Vegas and Green Bay matchup, you know, I always look up the, you know, the, the rosters and the injury reports and stuff. And outside of Garoppolo, the, the Raiders are one of the healthiest teams in the league. Now, they're not not a particularly talented team, um, but, you know, everybody gets banged up this time of year and they're they're healthy and Garoppolo might play. So we'll see how that how that goes. But um, and, and Green Bay is a, a walking mash unit. So, you know, you've got. The completely healthy team at home needs the win against a mash unit, bad quarterback. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm on the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, it's now that you said it like that, if, if Garoppolo plays, there's no way that you could play Green Bay. There's just no way. But, again, they're the Raiders, so. <laughs> <laughs> and McDaniels. And, and McDaniels. He yeah. will figure out. I mean, the, the, the going for the field goal against the Pittsburgh, <sighs> the debacle that I broke <laughs> oh. down. On Monday, of what he did, I mean, he is inventing ways to be the most ridiculously, just unserious head coach in the NFL in in the history of the league. As unserious as his owner's haircut. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, that was all. Then wins coming to the air tonight, baby. <laughs>
weather the storm and it is time. Oh, baby. What everybody's been waiting on. It's time for those free. I said, free picks of the week. Longhorn. Lay it on them, baby. All right. The official free pick of the week that will go up on the website, thefootballgloryhole.com. Be sure to check out those free picks. It's going to be San Francisco minus three and a half. Um, and that is the official pick. The podcast only free pick i put together a little four game parlay that were all of the sounders danger zone and and big dick indianapolis on the money line arizona on the money line those la rams on the money line and then i took san fran minus the three and a half so they're not on the money line take that minus three and a half that pays 21 and a half to one and we all do the money dance i love it what it can you, uh, while I'm doing mine, look up real quick what it would cost to buy you down to two and a half on San Fran and do the oh same parlay. God. Well, I can tell you what it costs you to buy down to three because I plugged that in and you can take off about $700 just to get down to three. So never do mind. All right. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Time for that college free pick of the week. We're going with those Miami of Ohio Redhawks, baby. Minus 10. Now, Bowling Green last week. Did what they do once a year, every year. And that is win a game they have no goddamn business winning. And last week, if you remember, when I gave out that huge uh, pizza money parlay, I told you just bet a little. We gave you Bowling Green on the money line. And uh, they won straight up as a 22-point road dog at Georgia Tech. Now, too bad the other two teams took a shit on us, but... If you bet an equal amount on each leg and on the parlay, so let's say you bet 10 bucks on all three teams and 10 bucks on the parlay, uh, yeah, that's 40 bucks, yeah. So you more than fucking doubled your money because Bowling Green went off at plus 1100. So you would have won 110 and uh, lost, what was it, 30? So yeah, that's, and that's going one and three. One and three, and you still would have won money. And long ago, I know you and I have kind of kicked around the idea. Uh, maybe it's more of a Monday conversation. But anyway. But after Bowling Green does their once-a-year magic act, historically, they go, you know, right back to where they fucking were, right back to earth. Miami gets them at home this week. Miami's offense is one of the very best in the nation's at points per opportunity inside the 40-yard line. So once they... Once they go inside the 40-yard line, which is how you measure that metric, they average 4.2 points per trip inside the 40. They have one of the most explosive passing play rates in the nation, and that will get a boost this week as they get their most explosive receiver back, and he is the most explosive receiver in the MAC. This kid, Longhorn, he's going to play on Sundays. You need to fucking check him out. Bowling Green on the other side is terrible. EPA versus the pass. They are 127th in the country in havoc rate allowed, and Miami, Ohio is 45th in the country in creating havoc. This means a lot of sacks, sack fumbles, tip balls, pick sixes, dogs and cats living together. Go fucking Red Hawks! And then a little uh, bonus, a little pizza money parlay. This is podcast only. Now this one will pay you 52 to 1. We're going to take God. Temple on the money line, plus 420. Syracuse on the money line, plus 265. 
and North Texas, those mean green eagles, baby. Plus 180 on the money line. That three team money line parlay pays you again. Plus five, two, one, four. That's 52.14 on the fucking dollar, baby. So yeah. Put 10 How bucks the on there. Fuck and do-, do these college games pay out so much? And he's like, <laughs> God damn it. That is ridiculous. I'll tell you what else is ridiculous. This fucking fabulous deal my buddy's about to tell you about on his website one more time. Yeah, that's going to wrap up award-winning episode number. What are we looking at here, Bo Sivas? 156. 156 of the Football Glory Hole podcast. Uh, listen, go to the website. Check it out. We got the free picks. We just told you some on the on the podcast. They'll be up on the website. Check it out. There's some there's some winning strategies up there that you can you can click on and uh, and see uh, the strategy on how we do things. Click on the college picks button. Click on the NFL picks button. Click on the combo button. Do them all. Subscribe to the podcast. If you do any of these things, if you do one of any of the things I just said, you and I become partners for life. And both see if it's in a it's in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your heart on money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Yeah. Ah, damn it, people never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take us up, brother!